Um, this morning, we're going to close out this series that we started a couple of weeks ago. And I just want to say this before we get into this is um, next week, I'm going to do, I'm going to start a two-week series and it's called Found Favor. And I'm about as excited about this series as I have any and the series following that. So just from my heart to you guys as a church, I am so excited about what I'm working on for the next six weeks. And I can promise you, um, it might be some of the best stuff that I've ever preached on. So I'm, I'm pumped about what's coming in the next couple of weeks. But today we're going to close out um, this series on perspective. And we've been in the book of Philippians. And we're going through it basically chapter by chapter. And uh, we're learning from Paul how to have a different perspective and how to, how to look at things differently and to view things from a different angle and from a different perspective. Today we're going to talk about worry. We're going to talk about a different perspective on worry. And here's a question. How many of you would say, if you're honest, that you worry often? Would you raise your hand? Some of you. Now, how many of you didn't raise your hand because you were worried about what people would think about you? Worry is a kind of a, a part of life, isn't it, for a lot of us? And I would say that all of us, whether we want to admit it or not, struggle with worry on one level or another. You know, maybe... Some of you struggle greatly with worry and with anxiety, and there's others that don't struggle quite as much, but there's always, for all of us, there are times in life and circumstances in life when we can't sleep, right? When we just are worried, and we're kind of overcome by this thing. And a couple things that I want to just say, and, and some of this is just kind of bottom line stuff, and if you don't get anything else out of the sermon, maybe you'll remember this. Um, but two things before we jump into this, maybe three. Is what you fear or what you worry about reveals what you value the most. Does that make sense? What you fear or what you worry about reveals what you value the most. That's not necessarily a bad thing. In other words, if you're here and one of the things that you worry about and fear the most is about your children and them growing up or whatever it might be, what that tells me about you and what it should tell you about yourself is you value your children. If you're here and you worry and you're consumed with anxiety or whatever, I, don't, I shouldn't say consumed, but if you worry about your health, it tells me that you value your health. Or if you're worried about someone else's health, you value that person's health. If you're worried about finances, you, you value finances. See, it can be good things, it can be bad things, but what you worry about and what you fear reveals what you value. Now, we can go on with kind of follow up on that statement. Is what you worry about and what you fear the most also reveals... Where you trust God the least. You catch that? What you fear and worry about the most not only reveals the things that you value, but it also reveals the areas where you trust God the least. I know that's a little harsh, but if you, if you think through that, it's got to be true. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So not only does what you fear reveal what you value the most, it also maybe reveals 
where you trust God the least. And your worries and your fears are kind of a spiritual or a window into the spiritual life of where you are with your Heavenly Father in some ways. And I say that very carefully. Someone said it like this. Someone said, worrying or being consumed with anxiety is the sin of just trusting the promises and the power of your Heavenly Father. Sin is the, I mean, worry or anxiety is the sin of just trusting the promises and or the power of your Heavenly Father. And again, let me clarify this. We all struggle with it at one level or the other. We all struggle with worry. We all struggle with anxiety. We all, in, in, in different ways, fear the future or fear this or fear that. You know, I'm not typically a guy that worries a lot. And, it's, and here's the thing. Just because I don't worry doesn't mean that I trust my Heavenly Father more than you do. My nature is just different than some people. Honestly, I mean that. But there are times in my life when I worry. You know what, in my home, and I didn't ask my kids if I could say this, but I'll say it. In my home, when my kids were small, I was very confident in my parenting ability. You know, when they were two and three and four and five and six years old, it was easy. I mean, if they misbehaved, you just whooped them and, you know, it was, it was simple, right? And what I found out as my kids become teenagers is I worry a lot more. I'm not nearly as confident as a parent, and I don't have near as many answers as I did when my kids were six. And when my kids are gone and they're away from home and it's getting late, and you know what? This dad has a hard time going to sleep. And I worry. And I find that I worry a lot more about my kids now than I did when they were six years old. So we're all affected by worry. But the reality is this, is that worry is a matter of perspective. Worry really depends on how we look at things. And we're going to dissect that and kind of dive into that today. And as we look at Philippians 4 and we look at the book of Philippians, if anyone had a reason to be worried or anyone had a reason to be kind of consumed with anxiety or kind of overwhelmed with where life was, is it was Paul. Paul was locked up. He was chained to a Roman guard 24-7. He was awaiting his sentence, which very easily could have been his life. He could have been executed. And yet in the middle of all of that, Paul said all of these crazy things. Paul said things like, nothing can separate me from the love of my heavenly Father. He said things like, listen, if I die, if I die, it's gain. He said, if I live, it's all about Jesus, but if I die, it's even better. And on and on and on, he said all of these things. And as you look at this, you're like, Paul, how can you be saying these things? And it was because Paul had a different perspective than most of us have And hopefully we can get there and learn to have that kind of perspective. Here's the reason that Paul had that kind of perspective, is Paul had seen and experienced the faithfulness of his heavenly father. Paul had been shipwrecked, and God had been faithful. Paul had been flogged for his faith, and God had been faithful. God had, I mean, Paul had been put in prison, and God had been faithful. All of these things had happened to Paul. And he said, you know what, I've been through all of this stuff, 
All of this stuff has happened to me. God has always been faithful. I have no reason. I have no reason to be uptight or worried. That's why he could say in verse 4 and 5 of Philippians 4, why he could say this. He said, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And we're going to go there. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Rejoice in the Lord. And see, when me and you can learn, if we can learn, if we can learn to see our Heavenly Father, and we can learn to see God from the perspective that Paul saw God, we would have the same attitude as Paul as we go through life and as we go through things. When we learn to know, or we learn to see the Lord the way Paul did, there is no need to worry. There's no need for anxiety. And sometimes we like to cover it up as Christians and we like to sterilize this thing as worry because we know that worry is kind of a, you know, we shouldn't worry. The Bible's very clear about it. So we say, well, I'm not necessarily worried, I'm just concerned, right? And we kind of sterilize it and Christianize it. Well, we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry as a Christian, seriously. Paul is a perfect example. His life was on the line. He was in, 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 in kind of at the bottom of the barrel. And Paul was not worried. So we're going to jump into this. We don't have to worry, number one. We don't have to worry about what will happen when we know who's in charge. We don't have to worry about what will happen when we know who's in charge. And I was trying to think of an illustration this week that goes along with this point. And I don't know if this is going to make sense to you, but this is where my mind went. Some of you know my father. Some of you don't know my father. My dad was a, was a preacher my entire life. He was ordained before I was born, so I grew up listening to my father preach. Of course, as a young kid, I thought my dad was the best preacher there was. He was good. He was a good preacher. Um, and I looked up to my My dad was not perfect, but I respected him, and I looked up to him. And uh, at a very young age, we were involved in southern Minnesota in a Bible school. And my dad started, kind of helped start the Bible school. And students would come to this Bible school, um, out of high school, would come to this Bible school for weeks at a time in the winter, up to 12 weeks, yada, yada. And dad was always involved with that. Wasn't always like the principal or I don't know what they called the main guy, but he was always there involved. In that. So the winters of my childhood was spent at this Bible school. And I remember this one specific week with several hundred students there. Is you guys remember these things they called laughing boxes? And maybe they still have them, like a little, little, it was like a little canvas or gunny sack like this here, and you'd flip the thing over, and it would <laughs> do this little almost kind of evil laugh. You guys remember those things? Well, somebody had one of these things in the dorm room, and I don't know if it was the girls or the guys anymore, but they would take this thing in the middle of the night, they would turn this thing over and hide it up in the luggage and up places where nobody knew where it was or up in the ceiling, I can't remember, and this thing would laugh. And it was going on for several days, and it became this huge thing in the school that there was demons and things running around in the school. And it really, I remember as a kid, living in that fear, and everybody, they were starting to have prayer, and they were having all these, you know, all there was just big overblown thing. And I remember my dad getting in front of the whole body 
uh, one morning in chapel. And I remember my dad walking up front and saying, and, and just saying a few words, and he was very calm, and he was very confident, and he was very sure, and he just said, listen. And I can't remember all the words that he said and everything that he said, but he basically just said this. They didn't know at this point what was going on. They later found out what was some sicko was having a good time with it. But he basically stood in front of this whole group, and he said, we don't know what's going on for sure, but you just need to know this, that this building And our hearts are covered by the blood of the Lamb. And we're Christians. And we have nothing to fear. And he went on to say this thing. And I remember there as a child sitting there, not only just being proud of my dad, but watching and observing what happened to the group. And all of a sudden there was just like this calmness that came over the whole group. And the whole thing went away. And they found out a couple days ago it was just a stupid laughing box. But my point is, is this. Is as a child... Being filled with a little bit of fear is when, my, when I realized that my father was in charge. It changed everything. See, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen when you understand who is in charge. There's no reason to worry when you understand who is in charge. You know, it's a little bit like this here. I don't know if any of you have, I know a little bit about electrical work. And so I can like wire a switch and I can make the light go off and on and I can wire up an outlet and uh, it works. But a number of years ago on the outside of my house, I was trying to, I don't even remember all what I was trying to do anymore, but I was trying to wire up a box to plug in my camper and it's, 220, I don't know what it is. And that's where I get really lost. But I thought I could figure it out and I could do what needed to be done. So I wired it all up, flipped the power on, and, and it was kind of like, you know, it was like I stood back and I flipped the power on and I was like, oh, nothing happened. It didn't fry me, so I'm in pretty good shape. And then I took the power cord from the camper and I plugged it in and immediately back in my camper I heard this popping. And I had completely fried my converter in the camper. Well, later on, I finally got somebody over there that knew what they were doing and, and figured it out. They just wired it up. It was really simple. I plugged it in, bought a new converter that was $200, and everything was good. See, when the right person is in charge, you don't have to worry what's going to happen. When I plugged it in, when I plugged it in after I had done it, I was a little worried, right? I just kind of was a little careful. If I could have figured out how to do it without touching it, I would have. But when the person came over and wired up that I knew, knew what he was doing, we just walked up and we plugged it right in and it worked. I wasn't worried about what was going to happen when I understood who had done it. Make sense? Let's look at verse 6 and 7. It says this. this is, these are huge verses. These are life-changing verses. And it's not a suggestion. It tells you, Paul is saying, listen, do not, in verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. Anything. Don't be worried about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in 
everything. Don't be anxious about anything, but take everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving and present them and present your requests to God. Paul is saying, listen, don't be anxious about anything, but take everything and present them to your heavenly Father. And then it says this amazing thing in verse 7. And when you do that, and when you're capable and willing and courageous enough and trust him enough to do that, here's what happens. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Paul is saying this. He says, listen, don't be anxious about anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Don't be anxious, but just take everything and give it to the Lord. And if you're able to do that, and if you're brave enough to do that, and you're courageous enough to do that, the peace of God is going to come upon you like you will not believe, and it's going to be beyond human understanding. Some of us need a God box. I'm going to call this a God box this morning. Some of us need a God box. Seriously. Some of us maybe need one of these, actually literally one of these in our home. And we need to use it figuratively to deal with our worry. We'll just go over a couple things. How many of us struggle with worry about our finances? Lots of us do. And you know what Paul is saying? Paul is saying, don't worry about it. Don't be anxious about it. But instead, give it to the Lord. Give it to him. And here's, here's what I do, and I think what a lot of us do, is we like, we like, man, I'm worried about it. And we're like, okay, I'm going to give it to the Lord. And, and we carefully kind of place it in there. And then we're kind of like, okay, God, you know, would this be, oh, God, you're taking too long. And we just take it right back out. Right? Isn't that what we do? And Paul says, no. Don't worry about anything. Just give it to God. How many of us worry about our job? Job security. Man, I don't know if this job is going to last. What if I lose this job? And what if I don't get any more work? And we lose sleep and we're anxious. Paul says, don't worry about it. Don't be anxious about it. Just give it to God. We worry about relationships. I didn't, know how to, I didn't want to write relationships, so I did this. And I was going to draw little people too, and then it got kind of goofy, so I quit. But, but we worry about relationships. You know, my wife and my husband and my in-laws and my brothers and my uncles and my aunts, and we get all worked up because there's fighting and squabbling, and Paul says, don't worry about it. Just give it to God. We worry about our health. And this is a big concern, and some of you are going through the middle of this. And it's real. And Paul says, I understand it's real. But give it to God. Don't worry about anything. Just give it to him. And the peace of God will come upon you. Now, here's the thing that we struggle with, and I understand this. It doesn't mean that we don't care about this stuff. Here's what you need to understand. It's not that, it's not that we just eat Big Macs and, and don't care about our health. Remember this. You do what you can do. And what you cannot do, you give to God. You do what you can do, and the rest 
you give to God. You do what you can do in your relationships. It doesn't mean that you're lazy and you're not proactive. You don't do anything. You do what you can do in your relationships, and the rest you give to God. You, you be a good employee. You work hard. And the rest, you give to God. You manage your finances the way God wants you to manage your finances. And you give back to him and you honor him. And you work hard and you live below your means. And the rest, you give to God. You do what you can do. And what you cannot do, you give to your heavenly father. What are the things that you cannot do? What are the things you cannot do? I'm going to just ask you a quiz. I'm going to just take us through a little pop quiz. What are the things you cannot do? Can you can you heal yourself or your loved one? Can you? No. So you know what you do? You give it to God. I can't do it. I, there's nothing I can do about it. So you give it to God. Can you change your spouse? No. Ladies, can you change your husband? No. Some of you are still trying. You're not going to change him. I'm telling you. You're not going to change the guy. He's, a, he's just a moron. He's a guy. But can God change him? Yes. Give them to God. Can you protect your kids all the time, everywhere? No. Can God protect them? Absolutely. You do what you can do, and the rest you give to your Heavenly Father. Can you control your future? No. Can any of you control what happens to you tomorrow? Can any of you control what happens to you this afternoon? Nope. Can God control this afternoon and tomorrow? You bet he can. Give it to your heavenly father. Can your worry or your anxiety change anything? No. Can God change everything? Yes. So you give it to your heavenly father. It's in him. It's in the Lord. It's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of how you look at things. You know what we so often do and we're so guilty of? Is we think the worst case scenario. When circumstances come up and things go wrong or something happens, our mind so quickly goes to the worst case scenario. And we think, well, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And you know what? I know people that are worried that there's nothing to worry about. You know, you ever met people like that? Things are good and they're like, well, it's not going to be good for long. And we're like worried because things are good. It's crazy. We think the worst case scenario if we're not careful. Verse 8 and 9. It says, finally, brothers, here's what he, Paul says, listen, here's how you think. These verses are so big. Here's how you think. Finally, brothers, whatever is true. And I read that word true and I'm thinking, you know what? We do have to think about reality. It's not like we, don't, we just ignore. It's not what he's saying. Think about what is true. Think about what is noble. Think about what is right, pure, lovely, admirable. And then he says this, if anything is excellent, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, so if there's anything to praise, if there's anything good, think about these things. 
Isn't that awesome? What if we'd all do that? What if we would all do that in our relationships with our wife or our husband or our kids or extended family? And we would just pick out these things, the true things, the noble things, the right things, the pure things, the lovely things, the admirable things, the excellent things, the things that are praiseworthy. And that's what we would think about and we would focus on. It would change our homes. It would change our communities. Paul says, this is how you should think. And then in verse 9, he says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And when you do this again, the God of peace will be with you. The other thing that we worry about sometimes is we don't only worry about what might happen, is we worry about the things that we have. We worry that the things that we have we're going to lose. And how many of you have ever been in your house and you're like, never think about your home and it's like we're happy, we're satisfied. And then you go to a friend's house and you walk around and you're like, oh man, we've got to do this. You know, we've got to do, we were in Ontario at our friend's place and uh, they had just redone their whole backyard. They had a beautiful patio and kind of another little patio and had all this stuff. It was just gory, had sod, it was just beautiful flowers. And me and my wife were back there one day, and we were like, man, our backyard really stinks. We need to do something back there. You know, and that's not all bad, but you see what I'm saying? Then we get consumed and worry. We're like, man, they got that, and they're driving that, and we're still driving this. And, man, he's 40, and I'm 40, and look at him. And and we get consumed with, and we worry about the things that we already have, and we get discontent, and we begin to compare We begin to compare, and we begin to say things, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I feel. I don't like where I am in life. Different house, bigger house, better house, smaller house, better job, more money. And I've never met anybody that says, man, I I make too much money. I think we better cut back. It's always more. You don't meet very many people that downsize their homes either. It's always bigger. It's always bigger and better. That's our tendency. I don't like what I already have. We don't have to worry, number two, we don't have to worry about what we have when we know who truly satisfied. We don't have to worry about what we have when we know who truly satisfies. And Paul is like right here, he's saying, listen, I'm going to give you a secret. I'm going to tell you a secret about this whole concept. And he says this. Verse 10 through 13, it says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. Listen, I rejoice in the Lord. And you know why I rejoice in the Lord? Because everything about me is in Him. My finances are in Him. My job security is in Him. My relationships are in Him. My health is in Him. My life, me, is in Him. And so when you see me, you see Him. I rejoice in Him. It's not me. It's not my stuff. It's not my circumstances. It's not just my health. It's all about him. And I'm hidden in him because I've given it all to him. And Paul is saying, listen, I'm in prison. I may be dead tomorrow, but I rejoice in him because that's where I am. That's where my confidence is. That's where my trust is. That's where my identity is. That's where my future is. That's where my past is. You know what? That's good preaching. You ought to clap. It's in Him. 
It's in him. It's about him. My identity is him, and that's why I can rejoice in him. Paul says, listen, I rejoice in the Lord that you at last have renewed your concern for me. And he said, indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. They knew he was in prison. There was no way to help them for a second. Then in verse 11, and he says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. Paul said, listen, I'm in prison. You guys sent me a gift, and I really appreciate it, but I'm not really in need. This is an amazing perspective. But I'm not really in need, for I have learned. I've learned. This is so important, to be content. Whatever the circumstances. Paul's saying, listen, I have learned to be content no matter what. I've learned to take everything. I've learned not to worry about anything. And to take everything and give it to him. And because I've done that, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And he goes on and he says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed or I'm hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or in want, whether I have good health or bad health, whether I'm broke or I have plenty, whether I have job security or I don't have job security, whether he's what I want him to be or she's what I want him to be or not, I have learned in every circumstance to be content, to be worry-free. And then he follows up, I can do everything through Christ, through my Lord. I can do everything because I've given him everything. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Strength. Paul is saying, listen, because I've given him everything, I can do anything. Because when I worry about stuff, I give it to him. And here's what Paul would say, I believe, if he was here today. He would say, listen, don't just worry about your job and give it to him and keep your hand on it and take it back. Do what you can do and, and, and what you cannot do, give it to him and leave it in the box. Leave it in the God box. You know what? Do what you can do here and do your best, but the rest, give it to him and leave it in the box. Your health, all of these things, just give it to him. And when you do that, he says, the peace of God will come upon you that you can't understand and the people around you can't understand. Everything is in him. Everything is about him. When you look at me, Paul says, I rejoice in him because that's where I am. It's in him. I've given him everything. There's these amazing verses, just a couple of verses, and then I'm going to close. Psalms 37, verse 4. It says, delight yourself what? in what? In the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. And guess what? When you do this, this verse says, when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. That's an amazing promise. Psalms 11. It says, in the Lord, where do you take refuge? Where do you find safety? Where do you find, where are you hidden? Where do you go when you want to feel safe? 
It says, in the Lord, in the Lord, give it to him, I take refuge. He makes me feel safe. He's my security. He hides me. Psalms 118, verse 8. It is better. I love that phrase. That's where we're going to go in a couple weeks. A series called Better. The Bible is full of this phrase. It is better. And it does this comparison. And here it does it here. It says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It's in the Lord. It's about him. Acts 16, verse 31. If you've ever wondered this question, can God love me just like I am? Can he forgive me again? Can he forgive me for what I've done? Will he accept me? Will he be okay with it? I've struggled with this for years and I seem like I constantly go back. Will he really love me and forgive me if he really knows who I am? Acts 16, it says, believe in the Lord. Believe in the Lord and you will be saved. See, all of this, this is such a huge statement, and I hope you catch us. All of this, your salvation, your security, your contentment, your ability not to worry is not because of something you have or have not done. It's because of where you are. It's because of where you are. Here's how I'm going to close today. Um, I'm going to ask you to respond in maybe a little bit different way than I ever have. Everybody, if you got a bulletin today, you got a, a little card, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to write on that card what you brought in here this morning that you're worried about. Just write on that card. What are you worried about? What are you losing sleep over? What, is, what are you, for some of you, consumed with? What is that thing that you can't find peace with? And then I'm going to set this thing right down here, and we're just going to take a couple minutes, and Dylan's going to put on some music, and I'm going to ask you to bring them cards up and just put it in the box. And take a step of faith and a public step and say, you know what, I'm just going to give it to God today. I'm going to put it in the box. I'm going to do what I can do and what I cannot do in this particular area I'm going to give to God, and I'm going to leave it in the box. Would you guys do that? Here's what I know. That all of us, probably all of us, if we're honest, walked in here with something that we're holding tight. We don't want to give it to, the, to, the heavenly, to our Heavenly Father. And my challenge is to you, would you be brave enough and courageous enough to just say, you know what, I'm going to give it to him. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to lose sleep anymore. I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to put it in the God box, and I'm going to leave it in there. You guys come as you want and just drop it in here, and I'm going to pray with you in a second.